Welcome to a Crane Kick Commentaries special spooky celebration. Welcome to the worst week of my life, <laughs> because this week I watched The Exorcist too. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's about accurate. That's yep, sums it up. So, uh, we're current commentaries, by the way. <laughs> you're the, yeah, welcome. You're in for an episode. Yeah, this is this is the worst movie we've ever done. Uh yeah, pretty close to it. Yeah, I can't think of anything close. Yeah, like. I, I, this movie filled me with a, a a kind of a constant confused rage. It's quite quite unique to this movie. Like I don't know that uh, uh, those levels. I don't know that I've quite felt that to that same same degree. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know if I was mad, but I was just so <laughs> like, what am I watching? Like. <laughs> It's like watching a train wreck. That's what it was, though. It was confusion to the point of anger. It was like it was confounding. That's that's what it was. Oh, okay. This movie's it was frustrating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned what we're doing, The Exorcist Two. Do you want to just? Do you want to just? This is because, as you heard oh, yeah, from the so... top of the episode, this is part of our Halloween special. This is part two of our. Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess this is. This is part two, but this is not like an episode part two. This is a whole new movie we're yeah, doing, we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll which we will. If talk you can about. call it a movie, yeah, to call it a movie is generous, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing the second uh, installment, installment in the Exorcist yeah. series, um, The Exorcist Two, The Heretic, oh, more God. accurately known as The Exorcist Two, The Piece of Shit. God, it's such a bad movie. Um, yeah. So, should we should we summarize the film? Yeah. And by um, we, I mean I it's fucking your turn, loser. Right. I just so, the last one. I I thought I was. This yeah. is gonna be this is gonna be quick. I think. <laughs> I don't think I can like accurately explain what happens in this movie. What are you talking about? It's a two-hour film. How can you do it quickly? It's going to be, you tell me you're not going to take 45 minutes to give a detailed uh, uh, synopsis <laughs> Definitely here. not. Okay, yeah. so um, basically uh, this picks up, I don't know, like three years, several years after, three years, only or three four, years. Four, 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 sorry. Right. 
Yeah, sometime after she's, the first. She was twelve, movie. and now she's supposed to be sixteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's a teenager, I guess. Um, Re- Reagan is like grown up somewhat. Um, and uh, also yeah. well, uh, grown up somewhat. She's sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, but that's not where we start. We start. It's somewhere in South America. Ugh, uh, always watching an exorcism. Shit. Sorry. Always with this fucking shit, starting somewhere else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is an exorcism going very badly um, that we're watching, basically. Yeah, it seems what, a, what, a fir- what at first appears to be Johnny Cash performing an exorcism. <laughs> no, it is, in fact, Richard Burton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, Richard Burton is a, a, a priest. Uh, he's done exorcisms in... Uh, he knows Father Marin, and he's basically told by the Catholic Church to go investigate what happened with these exorcisms because some reason, I guess. Well, I know like, it's because that's the title of the fucking film, The Heretic. Right, cause because they're concerned about like Father Mar- whether Father Marin was like you know up to some shit. They were like, is he a Satanist? Did he like lose his faith? And they don't really right. fully explain why. They give some like weird, I don't know, like well, oh, anyway. God. So he goes to investigate, and so he's like, "Well, I gotta go talk to Reagan because who? Well, who the well, fuck else course. am I gonna talk yeah, to? Everybody else, else is dead. Yeah, or didn't want to be in this movie. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I guess he comes and he finds Reagan by talking to her psychiatrist, uh, Nurse, who Ratchet. she's like, yeah, who's played by Nurse Ratchet, <laughs> <laughs> Oscar and, winner." Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, don't mention that in the same breath as this film. An Oscar-nominated don't, Linda Blair. Don't, 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 yeah, don't mention Oscar in the same breath <laughs> as this movie. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, and then I guess for some reason, like, you know, the psychiatrist is just, like, fully cooperative with the investigation without much explanation as to what he's actually investigating. And she's just like, oh, why don't we pull out, okay, this sci-fi brain this is thing. The second. This is out of nowhere. Like, it's, you can tell it's not a great, <laughs> gonna be a great movie, but the second they get, they pull out this fucking thing. In the machine, this, yeah, the what machine, do they call it? The synchronizer? The synchronizer, whatever. And as soon as they pull out this fucking machine in this office set. Yeah. With what, that The office lighting, set is like really weird and like it looks like some sci-fi like it's out of the star trek fucking episode and it's like there's too much wood to be part of star trek yeah i suppose that's true it's it's (laughs) bizarre anyway anyway it doesn't look like any kind of fucking normal psychiatrist's office but i guess this one has. that's when you realize the movie's gonna be really fucking bad i think is that moment when she pulls out the synchronizer in that office that you're like oh well i mean i should have known at the beginning when it said john fucking borman but yeah we'll we'll get into all that honestly okay so I i put on this movie like really late last night it was like super dark i got the lighting all spooky because i've never seen it right you know this is like uh, I think I think for people who are in the know, I think they know that this is a terrible movie. But I'm I was not in the know, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll be watching like a spooky movie tonight. So I got all ready to watch a spooky movie, and like you know the 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 font comes on, and it's the same one. And then yeah. we get to this scene, and it's like, oh my god. So anyway, 
this this machine is just a thing that sits on a table and it's got some flashing lights and somehow if two people look at it they can like see each other's thoughts somehow uh, <laughs> yeah and so immediately like Reagan's just like can I use the thing and then um, and then they're just like okay we'll use it um, and father you're just here do you want to watch it's it's in it's confounding it's incomprehensible um and so then they uh they hook him up to the they hook nurse ratchet and um reagan up to the brain synchronizer oh my god (laughs) and then the fact that reagan so the the therapist hypnotizes reagan yeah and and the therapist starts having like not no, a heart but attack, then, but like, and then the therapist um, gets hypnotized by Reagan. Like that's part of this yeah. weird process is Reagan. Yeah, yeah. While hip- and then like so, uh, she she's like uh, having a medical emergency because her heart is fibrillating, and so instead of calling like you know a doctor or a something, doctor. we're getting a defibrillator because that's what those are for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're yeah. like, Father, you have to go into the thing to go get her out. No, he's like, put me in. Yeah, because, oh, like God. It's fucking they're like, somebody has to go in. And then he's like, no, I can do it. And then somehow, through all of this, he's seeing Father Marin's thoughts. But, okay, so, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. So we've got Who's this... dead, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> from well, the last he, movie. Yeah. From the last <laughs> uh, episode. Um, he. This is where it gets truly absurd is when Reagan, because we're in Reagan's memory, and the whole concept to hear but is But Reagan's Nurse not Ratchet. even hooked up to the machine but that's my right point. now. This is my point. Is So initially <laughs> like... we're in Reagan's memory, and then Nurse Ratchet goes into Reagan's memory, but then Reagan unhooks herself and steps out, and then Nurse Ratchet is stuck in Reagan's memory, so then, like, yeah, fucking and then Johnny Burton Cash is like... fucking... Just just jumps into that way. Like, are we watching in set? Like, what the fuck is happening here? Sorry, yeah, go I don't know, man. Don't look at it too long. You'll go blind. And we're like 40 uh-huh. minutes into the movie at this point. Yeah, I don't know, man. But, like, it's... um. So, anyway, uh, that happens, no, I guess. Not. It's probably and then, only 20 minutes, but it feels like 40. And then there's this... I guess that's just all resolved, but he's like, ooh, I saw Pazuzu. By the way, we find out that... The demon's name from the last movie is Pazuzu. Yeah, they named the demon. Which you actually would have known if you had a keen eye for Mesopotamian mythology from watching the first movie. Oh, yeah, or read the book. <laughs> yeah, or read the book, but, like, you know, because there's a big statue of Pazuzu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The first movie. But, like, um, anyway, uh, there's this whole thing, I guess, and then there's Reagan has, like, this drawing but the drawing is on fire. The drawing of the priest on fire. It's the drawing, yeah, of L- Lamont, Richard Burton. Yeah, Father Lamont, which is Richard Burton's character, on fire. And then he's like, wait, there has to be something's on fire. I know it. And so then they go downstairs. And indeed, there is a fire there in the basement. There is indeed a fire. And the, 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 the she, it's a prophecy, I guess. It's a box of like a cardboard box has a bunch of fire coming out of it. I don't know how that happened. God, but, I forgot about that bit. Um, he pulls out. He tries to put out the fire, and he grabs, I guess, the closest thing to him, which is a crutch. Oh, and he well, starts you know. beating the box with well, a crutch. You know. That's how you for do no it. Reason. That's how you put out a fire. You and beat the I guess box eventually, a, a fucking fire extinguisher 
shows up and then they get all the kids out of the psychiatrist's office i guess out of the fucking then, space lab and then like richard burton's like see your machine proves scientifically that it's a demon uh, yeah from no logical like anyway let's not assign logic to this yeah well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I guess they do another one of those things with the synchronizer. Half the movie is in front of this fucking synchronizer thing. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it, and they're all like going through dreams. And then he finds out that like, there's this guy that so he finds out, I guess about father Marin's past finds yeah. out about the exorcism in Africa. Yeah. Um, oh God. And then it gets racist. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of... Sh- they're fighting, like, locusts and stuff, and they're yelling and shit, and it's... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's... Um, anyway, um, and then Father Marin's trying to exercise, like, this kid who's been taken over by Pazuzu, but the kid is, like, a healer. And then they're like, you know, he was taken over by Pazuzu because he was a healer, I guess. So Father yeah. Marin climbs... Father Marin's climbing a mountain. So yeah, then Father Marin's on a mountain. Yeah, so let's jump to Father Marin. Pulling on a the guy up. This movie just goes from place to place. Yeah, like, so we no regard for anything. Father Marin's climbing up a mountain. He's performing an exorcism inexplicably on the side on a of the cliff. And dudes are just God falling knows. off. Just brown dudes falling off willy nilly because yeah, it's, because they're brown. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, and. Like they get up onto the top of the mountain. There's a church on the top of the mountain. God knows why it's at the top of a mountain. Then there's no fucking stairs. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they do the exorcism in the church, right? And I guess it kind of works. Kinda, yeah. Okay. It's confusing. I don't know exactly what happens. And then there's like this hallucination thing of flying on a locust. I guess. No, he's touched by the locust. What do you mean he's touched by the locust? That's what. That's what he said. He's touched by what locust. He's touched by the wing of the locust. He's touched. Right. Yeah. But it's a it's a mythical locust. It's in his head. It's in the fucking synchronizer machine. This <laughs> movie <laughs> <laughs> makes no fucking sense. Uh, and then like, uh, I guess he's like, I need. Oh, but the demon's still inside Reagan somehow, but is not really posing any threat, I guess. But is, like, somehow stopping for her from getting to her quote-unquote full potential. Full spiritual potential, I think is what he said. And because they find out that the kid who he exercised is now this guy named Como, who's played by James Earl Jones. Yeah, and Darth Vader. <laughs> um, and that, uh, you know, he's, like, all super powerful now because he's got like you know i don't really know exorcism powers yeah this whole explanation there's of no this character there's no fucking explanation of what the point of what they're doing at any point in this movie is no exactly it's just assumed. what are their goals i don't know it's just it's just assumed that so, you're watching uh, and going uh-huh yes yeah so then like uh lamont is like richard burton's like i gotta go to africa because I gotta go find Kakomo. For whatever reason. Well, so he can learn his spirit powers, so he can teach Reagan about them. And Reagan's like, I don't know, she's on board with this for whatever fucking well, reason. Reagan's like got this weird obsession with this priest. She seems to yeah. be attracted to the priest. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he's like, 
he goes to the church and he's like, Cardinal, I need to go to Africa. And the Cardinal's like, why the fuck do you need to, <laughs> go, to you to go to Africa? Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. This is not part of your investigation, so go fuck off. And then he's like, I'm going anyway. Well, I'm so going he goes. to Africa. Because I guess, yeah, that was necessary to show for some reason. <laughs> necessary to show what? Well, that he's like, you know, a, uh, a, a rebel. I mean, why the fuck would they let him go to Africa? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is so far beyond his fucking, like, assignment. Um, and he's, like, uh, in Africa, I guess, and he climbs that mountain. Yeah, well, then there's a bunch more of more racist stuff, and, like, they call him, like, the the, the locals call him, like, a Satan, Satan worshiper Well, because he knows where the body of the guy who fell off the cliff was because he saw it in the vision because Pazuzu told him. One of the guys who fell off the cliff. Yeah, anyway. Um, and he's like, uh, okay, great. Time was good in Ethiopia, which is where they are. Yeah, I yeah. got to go to this other unnamed place to go find Kokomo. So then he goes to find... So he finds a guy who flies a plane. Oh, yeah, he goes to and... that French nunnery in... Well, I yeah, I mean, they're all French. I don't know where. I don't know where. It could be many places. But yeah. Anyway... Uh, he goes, he goes on the plane and he finds the place, I guess, where fucking, uh, James Earl Jones is. And yeah. <laughs> and then he, he like, he goes into this thing and then there's like a pit of spikes and, oh, cause he's like, he's like, I need to find out where like Kokomo is. So he like contacts like Reagan through his mind. Yeah. He does like some like some like a uh, telepathic this is they start bringing in like telepathy into this like whole thing you know yeah like human and then, telepathy like, that has like yeah, yeah. anyway and then <laughs> reagan he like somehow like he's like then he's then like pazuzu is like i'm gonna show you where to find kokomo and then pazuzu tells him and then he like goes to find Kokomo, and Kokomo's like, "You lost your faith because Paz- you listened to Pazuzu." Yeah, and he's like this like, and then he's like, "Prove your faith by walking over this pit of spikes." Well, he he's like this like yeah, this like caricature, wearing like this weird locust headdress. And yeah, and like this is like almost a good scene. Th- it is. This <laughs> like, is, I was just about to it's say it's the closest thing to a good scene in the entire movie. Yeah, and it's almost and it's not. And I think most of that is James Earl Jones. Yeah, and just and the, his delivery that and the effect and like, of him stepping on the spikes oh, yeah. was sick. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. So, um, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna walk over the spikes because I have faith in Jesus Christ." Yeah. And so then he he does. But clearly, his faith isn't isn't hardcore enough because the spikes go through his feet. Yeah, and he's bleeding. But then, like, ooh, poof, magic powers. No, he's not even there anymore. He's not in the weird cave. No, he's not with he's the, in... the tribal version of Kokomo. Yeah, so so now he's with Kokomo as as like a scientist. Kokomo's yeah, sci- inexplicably a scientist, and they don't go into this at all. They don't go how this teleportation happened. Or, they don't or go what that. reality is here. There's no reality. But I think, like, because Kokomo's saying some, like, really cryptic double entendre shit with the locusts. Yeah. Because he's, like, a locust scientist. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out how to, like, you know, 
stop the grasshoppers from going crazy and turning into locusts. Yeah. And there's like a good locust, and it becomes very so he's, clear. And what I think he's the saying. idea is like the the good locust is like a metaphor for Reagan. Yeah, exactly. There's this like you know the demon is it touches people, and then we turn into locusts, and then you have to have a good one. So the demon tries yeah. to tries to kill them, or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it, the so point he's of like, the movie cool. is, is Thanks, explained Kikomo. here by James Earl Jones. Is the like, closest thing to a point. Yeah, which is that like <laughs> the demon goes for good people to try and snuff them out. Exactly. It's the closest that's the thing, thesis of the movie, which more the, or less. And that's not only not only that the thesis of the movie. That's the only like thing the movie says. Yeah. So anyway, I guess he's like, okay, cool. Thanks, Kokomo. I'm going to go back to America now. <laughs> See you later. And then he does. And meanwhile, Reagan's been like fucking freaking out and going apeshit again. Um, she, and yeah, then she's like fleeing. She gets sedated for no reason. <laughs> well, yeah, because she has a seizure while doing having a uh, doing a tap performance. Yeah, but like she's not like a danger to anybody really. Like at that point, no. But they're like <laughs> they don't need to like you know. And for some reason, her her fucking psychiatrist well, is at Ratchet her like fucking, fucking school performance. Nurse Ratchet yeah. puts her under. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why they needed to sedate her at that point. Well, it's <laughs> she's not a danger yeah, anymore. Exactly. Like. exactly. <laughs> she's and like, then, no, like, you'll sleep. It'll be good to not dream. And then, she, yeah, then she like fucks off and does whatever and steals the synchronizer. Of course. Well, you gotta she have. Needs yeah, it. you gotta have the synchronizer. <laughs> and then she meets up with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, meets up with a uh, fucking uh, dude. Um, Lamont and yeah, he comes. They meet up in the in the Africa exhibit, and then they're like, "Okay, let's do the synchronizer thing with each other because now I have the Kokomo knowledge." And then they do, and then somehow Pazuzu is like yeah. taking over. Well, well, yeah. So then I guess yeah, Pazuzu gets a hold of Lamont, sort of. Yeah, and like, it's and then they're like, we have to go back to Washington D.C. where everything began. Yeah, yeah, like he, so he just starts like mindlessly walking to like the source, uh, which is like the house. Yeah, so they get on a fucking Amtrak and they go to fucking Washington. Okay, <laughs> and then it starts getting really. This is when it gets really starts getting really weird with. Oh Reagan yeah, because also the the psychiatrist and what's her name. Uh, the lady from the previous movie who had a really small part. Who, yeah, now has a who major... Who is now all of a sudden a major character. Yeah, because no one else we didn't even back. mention, because... Exactly. Uh, like, the secretary or whatever her name was. Sharon. Um, Sharon. So then, like, the psych... Like, Nurse Ratchet and Sharon are like, well, we gotta get there first we gotta get so to we Georgetown, can stop them. Yeah. We gotta stop them from doing nondescript things. Yeah, we, gotta, we gotta stop the thing from <laughs> going down, whatever the thing is. So they go. They okay. So anyway, um, they get to the house. Uh, Reagan and uh, Father Lamont, and then they go in, and like there's locusts and shit. Yep. And then meanwhile, uh, the other people are like trying to race there, and they get in a cab. No weird chase. <laughs> the cabbie's like with no actual. The cabbie's like, like I, 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 I don't know if I want to go there, man. But then they do anyway. Yeah. And then and they're then, super like, mean to him. She's like, Drive something faster, happens. God. And then like the. Car spins out of control Pazuzu and crashes into the house. Something. Pazuzu takes control of the car, crashes into the house, and then the cabbie dies. Horribly. Yeah, the cabbie <laughs> didn't even want to go there and was like, 
Yeah, and then, like, somehow the other two survive, but now Sharon is, like, taken over by Pazuzu. And then, like... Yeah, yeah, Sharon's <laughs> all weird now. And it's like, um, okay, I didn't even care about Sharon before, but now all of a sudden she's, like, supposed to have creepy. this weird and, arc and then, that it's like, like we were supposed to have been following, I guess, but... Yeah, and now there's two uh, Regans, because one of them is Pazuzu. And the one that's Pazuzu is trying to have sex with the priest. Yeah. <laughs> While like, still being a 16-year-old. Um, exactly. Um, sketchy. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I, I going to say? Uh, then, like, somehow, somehow, like, the spirit was it like the spirit of Father Marin or something does something. I don't fucking know. Something, I don't even some fucking happens. The something happens. The house starts exploding like randomly, and there's locusts everywhere. And then somehow, like in some manner, um. Oh yeah. Also, Sharon caught fire. Yeah, Sharon lit herself on fire. Well, through yeah. the through Pazuzu, Pazuzu. kind of. Yeah, it was Pazuzu. Yeah. Who did it? And so then, okay, then this all happens, and then fucking... And it's all good. Um, Everyone's happy. Sharon's dead. Yeah, somehow Sharon's dead. Uh, somehow the house is crumbled, and somehow Pazuzu is gone? Pazuzu, yeah, there's no Pazuzus that we know of anymore. Right, and now, yeah, that's, and now, that's but now, the movie. Well, but now we have the, the, the therapist who's world is shattered and no longer believes in medicine and, and you know as she should <laughs> and then we have um, and then no but i mean like her science proved that the demons existed yeah but she should trust the science i suppose that's true it's a merging <laughs> of the two um, and then and then the father uh, yeah, Lamont goes slinking off into the night with reagan <laughs> yeah i don't know it's weird um like what about her mom Oh yeah, who is mentioned once? Yeah, well she's like, she's off the, shooting. Not to some mention movie. like the not the only person who's only mentioned once. Like sorry, actually I was gonna say they mentioned Father Marin a hell of a lot, but Father Karras is not even mentioned once. Not even once. Not even once. And they're like they're all like <laughs> Father Marin saved Reagan. Father Marin did all this. It's like save what Reagan. what did Karras? What about what Karras did? Yeah. Well, uh, clearly because of the, well, this movie negates what Father Karras did though. Yeah. Entirely. Anyway, uh, this this movie is completely fucked. But we're done with the summary. Let's get on to basic facts. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's it. So. So okay. This movie could only have been directed by Satan himself. So a man named John Borman directed this film. <laughs> and as we have learned, he's quite a guy. Yeah, well, we'll talk a He'll lot. He'll come up a lot. I, I assume some about him, yeah. Um, directed by him, um, you know, they had, they had a pretty good cast. Had like Linda Blair returning from the first movie, Richard Burton, Louise Fletcher, Max von Sydow, Shows up again as Father Marin, even though he's dead. Yeah. Uh, and James Earl Jones, you know, there's a lot of yeah, there's a <laughs> like, lot of good people, quality actors here. Uh, <laughs> and not yeah, yeah, not to mention uh, um, music by Ennio Morricone. Yeah, like, you know, and uh, how uh, can you go wrong there? Like, Oscar winner. Um, yeah, I already said Louise Fletcher. Oh, yeah. you said you said Louise Fletcher. Yeah, so she's yeah. in it too. Um, Point being, it's you got a lot of good pieces here, and well, not John yeah. Foreman, but. 
I mean, Deliverance was was good, right? I haven't seen it in a while, and I seem to recall yeah, it being um, creepy. I don't know. Like somehow, like I like, I think fucking for like Deliverance and that other movie, he must have been like fucking. I don't know. Maybe we'll do Deliverance some other time because I'm like. He must have been like fucking whacked in the head because <laughs> that's like he must have like somehow turned out a. So you're saying good movie? You're saying like, he was he suffered brain damage for the good movies, not the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Um, so, and it was written by a guy named William Goodhart. Goodhart. I don't really know how to pronounce that, but you know, good, good, good heart. Good yeah. Heart. Um, I I can't blame him specifically, and we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into why. Yeah. I think I don't think he's to blame. I think most of the yeah. blame for this movie lies squarely on John Borman and Warner Bros. Yeah. yeah. Well, so um, I should mention that this movie did make a profit. God. <laughs> What is the, yeah. the Wikipedia just on page the exorcist name? Exactly. Well, the Wikipedia page, I forget exactly what it said, but it said something hilarious along the lines of like, you know, the opening weekend was like enough to make it basically its yeah, whole yeah, box yeah, office. Yeah. <laughs> and then it said like something along the lines of like word, Bad word, word of, of mouth, of mouth yeah. traveled so that <laughs> no one saw it after that. <laughs> Yeah, who can blame? It was so um, bad that after opening weekend, no one went to see it. Yeah, so, but this one cost more. Okay, so how much did the first one cost again? Do we discuss that? I think I don't know if we talked about that, but uh, the Exorcist. Because I think this one actually might have cost more. Uh, it cost slightly more, like very slightly. This cost fourteen million, and the original cost twelve. Yeah. Okay. So comparable, but like this movie. Although feels I like should. Yeah, this, I don't know, this, like, there are parts that, like, like, this movie was, like, overly ambitious, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of an understatement. Um, yeah. What I wanted to do is, because, like, as we were saying, this is one of the worst movies we, that we've ever covered. As I was watching it, I kind of just jotted down a list of all the things that were wrong with it. Um, yeah. So let's just go through that, and we can that'll we'll use that as a jumping off point, and then we're gonna just kind of go through some of the production. But like honestly, okay. there was a fucking there's a book, like a two hundred page book, uh, about the whole production of this movie, and I started reading yep. it, and I got I was reading it for about half an hour before I realized like I already wasted two hours of my life watching this movie. Like I I, <laughs> I don't think I need to wait. Like I can't I can't waste. Like yeah, but I think we've gleaned enough information to figure out what went wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Because as I said before, like you know, they had some good pieces. There are excellent pieces. So let's 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 get into it. So like they just didn't put them together at all. <laughs> like no. So the first thing that's wrong with this film is that it sexualizes a sixteen-year-old, quote unquote, sixteen-year-old. Um, the yeah. actress herself, I believe, was 17 or 18, which doesn't make it any better, but right. I'm just saying that's why I say quote-unquote 16-year-old. The The point is, is it s sexualizes her in the story a lot, and they, like, are... Uh, it's it's not... It's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, there's a whole list. We gotta keep going here. <laughs> you know, I just thought nothing to add to this. that. Just Yes. Just, yep, yeah, just, yep, just that's creepy. <laughs> All right, next next thing up, the fucking script is terrible. It's like it's yeah. 
the dialogue is 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 horrible. You mentioned what did you say about it? It was like Oh, I well, I mean, I don't even know if this is the script. Like, this is just like it seems like I don't know if it was just the script could not be delivered in a way that made any yeah, sense. Yeah, well, it's just the dialogue. Or if they just took the first take of everything. I don't think they did. It just it just feels like the dialogue is so It t- it feels like it feels like we're watching them practice their lines. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's just so unnatural almost all the time. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Linda Blair is not. I don't know if I think I meant to bring this up last week and I think yeah. I did. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to bring it up again. She's in an episode of Supernatural. Linda Blair and uh, 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 I I didn't know that she was she was Reagan, so uh, uh, yeah. Uh, M Dog and I were watching Supernatural, the episode that she's in, and we always talk about which episode is that. Um, what is it called? I f- what I was it in the first couple? Yeah, yeah, of seasons? yeah. It's it's <laughs> okay. So I probably she plays seen a, it then. she plays a cop. Um and oh, okay, uh, and it, it's one where Dean gets they, well, they both get arrested. Right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the point is, she like when we watch this episode, we're like, "Oh my god, this woman is the worst actress, maybe of all time." Oh, right. Like we, like we, we kind of were talking about it, like, and then I didn't even realize until we were doing last week when we were doing that episode. I was like, "Holy shit!" Well, she's fucking fine in the Exorcist. Yeah, well, because it doesn't require her to like you know act. <laughs> kind of. Well, but it like, depends on yeah. act in a certain way. It, it requires yeah. her to act, yeah. to act. It, 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 differently than than this movie does yeah yeah anyway um and supernatural just, did clearly yeah so yeah so terrible script as you're saying the racist stereotypes yeah it's just racist and it just keeps coming back to being racist too so like yeah um <laughs> it's bad so there's that <laughs> there's that the acting is not good like, uh, but yeah, like I mean, the thing is, like, you have good actors though in the movie. I think that's what I think that speaks to how bad you know the script and the story the and the direction is. Like that, you have you know really great actors, uh, an Oscar-winning actress, um, yeah. other than Linda Blair. But you know, man, even James Earl Jones couldn't make those fucking lines sound good. No, he really couldn't. They all they sounded. Fucking stupid. <laughs> he tried his fucking darndest. He did, and he did admirably. It's like, God. Even Max von Sydow is like, he didn't really. Well, he barely had any fucking lines in this. But movie, even actually. what he did was stupid. <laughs> yeah, like his writhing around was stupid. So there you go. You have the acting. Yeah. So then you have the fucking hypnosis machine, like. We talked about, like I don't know that we need to go any much further into that. The synchronizer. It's so dumb. It. It almost single-handedly ruined the movie like alone not like without everything else in the movie this uh, this thing alone well it takes so much of the movie is just them sitting in front of the fucking synchronizer yep and you have these horrible montages that are like edited horribly which is another point that i have here is that... the synchronizer's on the fucking poster oh my god of course because it's a fucking like character. the poster is her the main connected character. to the synchronizer. the synchronizer's the main character the synchronizer's the main character yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah then there's the sets that they use in africa like... oh my god oh my god <laughs> it looks so bad we'll talk like, about they're this... very poorly put together i uh, would well, like uh, 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 like the way 
Like the model of the mountain looks so fake. The way that they that he tried to frame this fucking set, it, like they tried to frame it as like a, 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 a boldly returning to Hollywood conventions. Um, in the book that I was reading, they were like, "Oh, you know, right. like John Borman was like, well, if you're gonna do it, then do it right. Make it look good." That's what they thought they were doing according to the book. Yeah. All right. Continue. What do we got? Next? The lighting was horrible. Um, yeah. it wasn't like, uh, like I think I think a lot of that had to do with the the sets were inside. Like a lot of the outdoor sets were inside. In yeah. fact, I think most of them were except for the ones in New York. Yeah. And then next, the film is two hours. This terrible, terrible film is two hours long. Yeah. I mean, I think the only reason why making it shorter would be an improvement is because I wouldn't have to watch it for as long. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. It like it wouldn't explain anything better. No, it wouldn't improve It the would movie. make less sense. It would make less sense, but I wouldn't have to spend so long watching this shitty fucking movie. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah, to actually improve this movie, like in any meaningful way, you might have to make it longer. But I don't know if it's possible. Um, and then it just ignores the tone and conventions of the first film entirely. You know what I mean? Like it's just like. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's like. It doesn't try to capture yeah. the first film in, it, in the way it feels at all. It doesn't try to capture, uh, like, any of the lore. It just, like, willy-nilly builds its own shit. It's like, it yeah. doesn't feel yeah, connected yeah, yeah. at all. I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to connect it when literally everybody from the first one wants nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 which we'll get into, like, more so. Yeah. And then my final point but... is that basically i just said it but the fucking lore is idiotic it's like it's stupid like truly yes. stupid yes. the whole thing about okay the... see you have yes you have this whole list here yeah but like honestly by comparison to just like you know like all these seem like you know nitpicks almost. You know what I mean? Almost, I mean, almost. Seems, if you've seen the movie, like, I don't know if they do though. Like these seem like nitpicks in comparison to the fact, just like like this. This could just be summed up by saying this movie makes no fucking sense. Yeah, this movie makes no fucking sense. It's incoherent. It is an incoherent. Like, this movie is. You can't put your finger on individual aspects. This movie's you know? it's demented. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this movie is yeah. fucking demented. It's a product of a demented mind. So let's fucking get into the production of this demented, god-awful film. So the first one did well, as we know. Yes. So I think immediately... Immediately they were... They were like, we need to make another one. Yeah. Warner, Warner Bros. Is, 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 you know, is super down. They want to make that cashola. Um, but... The uh, the director Friedkin and is that that's his name right Friedkin Friedkin, Friedkin yeah. uh, and uh, Blatty, William Ple Peter Blatty yeah. they want nothing to do with the sequel they're like no nothing no, we're we're out no. so Warner Bros is immediately like okay well, fuck you whatever <laughs> we couldn't care less so well we have the rights so yeah fuck you yeah so fuck <laughs> you we're gonna make it anyway so the the president of Warner Bros. Uh, hires uh, Goodart, Goodhart, who we haven't decided. About. Let's do 
Just say good heart. Good heart. Okay. And read how it seems like it says it. Okay. All right. So they get good heart. Um, who I think he like I don't really know any of his other films, but you know they apparently he is you know well liked by Warner Bros. Um, so he does a treatment, and then the president really wants uh Johnny Borman, and that's kind of inexplicable. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is coming. He's coming off like having done uh, Deliverance and shit, right? I suppose. I always I keep forgetting about Deliverance. So he did Deliverance. Yeah. So you know that's people enjoyed that warner bros enjoyed that so in in the book i was reading which by the way is called the making of the exorcist 2 the heretic very creatively titled uh book yeah the book is by uh barbara pallenberg so yeah so apparently according to her they gave borman uh a quote an offer he can't refuse so i assume that just means a shit ton of money so they really wanted him yep so he, so who gives a fuck he got paid which is just almost it's almost incensing that he probably made like an obscene amount of money. Yeah. So this is what Borman had to say on, about the script from from this book. Uh so basically Borman said like what appealed to me in it was the Teilhard de Chardin idea of people coming together into a new sort of contact with each other, which would be a force for either good or evil, an apt description of what is actually going on in the world. We're seeing this happening. For example, communication, the telephone, television, is a new science-created kind of nervous system. So he's already losing me there. He's going off the rails a bit, but, like... This, this, this guy seems, like, a little bit... I don't know, like new agey kind of ideas. Yeah, well, this this whole thing of like we don't, I don't even know if we brought this up really, but oh yeah, we did. This whole idea about people being like it's when telepathy, this telepathic thing, but like yeah. they, they bring up this whole idea that 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 uh, uh, Father Marin has this like theory about like which is never brought up in the first movie. Oh yeah, it has yeah no no connection to the first movie, but it's like Father Marin has this grand theory about like basically a, a collective unconscious that is gonna be like yeah. become a collective conscience, conscious or whatever, and people are gonna like start telepathically speak. I don't even fucking know to be honest. It's it's nonsense, but that's what he's talking about with the teal hard de Chardin idea, like yeah. Um, so then he goes on to say, uh, Oh, you, you, you want me to say, it. I want you to say, it, yeah, because, because, uh, yeah. you, you almost pooed when I, when I suggested that there was a, a romantic, uh, uh, like idea, like a romantic no, like, assumption. I, 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 I think that that was definitely there between the priest and the 16 year old girl. So do you want to read this script that, or this, uh, this quote from, uh, like he had a lot of ideas he kind of wanted to just throw it in here he says well I had a Jesuit education and the idea of making a metaphysical thriller metaphysical thriller keep that word in mind keep that in mind he says that a lot he uses that a lot yeah he really likes that it was terribly seductive to my psyche I was intrigued (laughs) by the idea of a relationship between a young girl and a priest the poignancy of unresolvable sexuality why is that poignant what is poignant about that? I fail to see the poignancy. At the time, the priest in the script was a young man, fierce in his beliefs, a fighter. So yeah, basically he was saying like, um, originally the the 
the guy was not supposed to be Richard Burton. Yeah, he's basically saying, it was supposed to be sexy, trust me. Yeah, like, you know, at this point, like, Richard Burton's, like, barely functioning, like, mentally, I guess. Yeah, and his, like, oh, I, th- I failed to put that into my list, but I wrote that in my, when I wrote it by hand, is Richard Burton's yeah. hair dye. Or toupee, oh, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to say what what is really well, going I on mean, there, but... I honestly think, like, Richard Burton's performance is almost excellent because he has the look on his face during the entire movie that I feel like I had on my face while I was watching. I agree, and I think it is commendable that he didn't walk off the set of this film. (laughs) That anyone didn't walk off. Or have to be carried off. That's true. (laughs) Oh, God. When did he die? (laughs) Not that long after this, I think. 84. Yeah. So, you know, you know, a few years after <laughs> this. But, you know. A couple years after this, yeah. But, yeah. I just, yeah, the, that last quote is is so funny to me because it's like, okay, so you you lost the, the young priest, but you're still going to force this creepy sexual connection into the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. You're gonna get Richard Burton to like, like you're gonna get yeah. seventy seven or seventy nine year old Richard Burton to like neck with. Was he seventy nine? Well, I'm just trying to do some quick math. He died when he was. Oh no, he was only fucking fifty eight when he yeah. died. Holy shit, he did not yeah. look good. Um. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, if you know anything about Richard Burton, that shouldn't surprise no, you. No, exactly. Uh, it's like Jerry Garcia looked like he was fucking 90 and he was only like 45. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same idea. But, uh, so I guess, you, let me do a nut, some more quick math. So then you have fucking 54-year-old Richard Burton necking with 17-year-old fucking uh, Linda Blair. Anyway, I don't know why I keep kind of, just because it's so disgusting to me that like they like yeah. force this in and like, like everyone watching this like i just don't know how this movie got made and like uh, the final cut was watched by warner bros and they were still like let's release it we have well i mean maybe there was no other option Uh, like maybe this was the best cut available yeah i know right and i guess technically made money (laughs) so how could could warner bros be upset uh, well, they could be upset by having tarnished the brand of the episode. Well, they still fucking kept going. Anyway, we'll get into all this. So yeah, so yeah, so originally uh, they also Boorman like really wanted to shoot this like on location. Yeah, well, that was kind of like yeah. part of uh, uh, like when he signed on, he signed on because again, Warner Bros. really wanted him, right? So. He signed on kind of yeah. with this caveat of like having like a major amount of creative control. He like that's why he became the producer as well, and he- which is like okay, maybe this is the single decision that torpedoed the movie. Could be, yeah, it could be. Well, because he was also he was assured that he would be allowed to shoot on location, and he would be allowed yeah. to uh, do the post production in uh, Ireland. I believe yeah. it was Ireland. Okay. Or was it Scotland? Um, Holy shit. Probably somewhere in No, I think the it I think British it was Isles in Ireland, generally. but he's part Scottish. Yeah. That's why. I think that's right. what it is. Okay. But anyway. So anyway, this this didn't happen. He was not able to shoot on location. I assume for budgetary yeah, reasons. I would assume because it's and also because it's fucking stupid. Like why would you like look at those scenes? Well, I mean, 
because if they were shot on location, they wouldn't have looked like they were shot in a studio with terrible paper mache. But they'd still be like racist scenes happening over an incomprehensible script. Like, I don't really know that, like, the way... Like, it looked terrible, and that certainly (laughs) didn't help, but, like, the fact that what was happening was fully incomprehensible, I think, was the real fucking issue. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. But, I mean, it it didn't help. It did not help. Um, But, like, so apparently at this point, there was a script by Goodhart, and I think a lot of the people who signed on to do this movie, like Linda Blair, signed on based on that script. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. This was the script that was kind of based the film, off, or based like the initial film off of. And then you get uh, and and I I a couple of people said that this they thought that this script was actually pretty good. Yeah, well, even Linda Blair said she thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but um, Borman said of. The scriptwriter, although Goodhart is a man of <laughs> formidable intelligence and powerful imagination, a, he writes slowly and carefully. A In a discussion, he would resist my ideas, and only after a couple of days would he be prepared to consider them. Maybe they're fucking terrible ideas. Then. Maybe your ideas are fucking dumb. Okay. Yeah. Like, did you ever consider? It's like, oh, he was he was not receptive to my ideas. Like, did like, you ever fucking the only think- reason, like. The thing that kills it for me, why like I fully put almost all the blame for this movie on Borman, is just his quotes. Yeah, no, totally. Like it just seems like he has no fucking understanding. Exactly, he seems of what was wrong with this movie, and and, <laughs> and he seems so just like uh, I can't even like like you want to blame other or not necessarily you want to blame other people, but you don't want to fully lay all the blame for this movie being terrible at his feet because it's such a collaborative medium, right? We're talking about fucking film, you know? Like, how can it be but one person's But he seems like he just so single-handedly, yeah. like, destroyed and everything. Then in all of these quotes that we have of him, he, like, he, he fucking... He... And makes, like, no, like, what? Well, and then he makes apologies for the wrong things. Exactly, he tries to, like, it's just, it's... He's, he seems demented, honestly. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, but anyway, um, like, eventually, like, this, uh, Borman is, uh, like, is done with Goodhart, and Goodhart is, is done with Borman as well. And, uh, and Goodhart leaves. He disgruntled, basically. Yeah. Um, Probably because John Borman is a fucking dog. <laughs> That's what it seems like. It just seems like they like it got. <laughs> I think what what uh, uh, Borman said in that in that book was he it, it, like it got to the point where they were like, or they would argue for hours over one line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's just and like, yeah, it's just Goodhart wasn't the only person who left before the movie even started shooting. No. <laughs> Like, we mentioned that um, Richard Burton wasn't the, the first person cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think initially... Originally... Even Jack Nicholson... It was supposed to be a couple of people. Yeah. Even Jack Nicholson was approached... Who was approached in the previous movie mentioned, for... Yeah. Karis, was it? Karis, yeah. It wasn't for Karis, yeah. Um, and... Um, but eventually they, they signed on John Voight to do it. Yeah. I guess at the time um, makes sense. Okay, yeah, but like, um, 
So the the, the John Voight like uh, John Voight became really uh like the, the timeline's a bit skewed here. So John Voight it comes in and starts working with uh Borman and Goodhart. And he he's yes. John Voight's uh, the kind of actor who apparently wants to, you know, he wants to work on a script like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like we talked about. Yeah, and in this in this circumstance I do not blame him at all. Because apparently he he demanded that they add scenes to show the backstory of his character. No, and it's not inherently a bad thing. I know that there's like there's the stereotype of the Chad Palomino uh character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actor. I mean, but I'm just saying like um but in this case those would have helped. Yeah, in this case he's right. <laughs> like um and but apparently Borman said like these had no place in a metaphysical thriller. What does There's that, that mean? word again. What does he mean? <laughs> it means trash it means trash pile. fucking pile of garbage film. So yeah, so then this is all not working out. So then fucking uh, 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 um Goodhart leaves disgruntled as we mentioned. Yeah. Um and then I believe Voight leaves because well cuz John Voight was in a, a Deliverance, right? Um, yeah, I think he was actually kind of friends with with Borman. Um, yeah, which doesn't clearly this must have ruined that. Friendship. Which doesn't surprise me actually, because isn't John Voight like a legendary asshole? Oh yeah, I think so. So then there you go. <laughs> it makes sense that they're friends. Um, right. <laughs> um, and then so apparently they like he left the project because they were like look our friendship's not gonna last if we keep trying to make this movie together because i think john Voight was trying to make it a good movie yeah it's like i just can't do it like i just it just can't be done just can't be done yeah um so at this point yeah we know burston's not coming back as the mother so they have to like write this weird like you know they write her out was she in the script originally i think she was in the good heart script like but yeah. this is before Borman is involved like because they found out they right, found yeah, out yeah. before Borman even got involved that she wasn't coming back oh, okay it wasn't like uh she was trying to figure out if she wanted to be in the film and they were like oh yeah and John Borman's directing and she was like oh I will decline that no 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 it wasn't like that <laughs> no um uh, what did happen though is the the guy who played Detective Kinderman, I forget the actor's name, but that actor. Um, sorry. That actor passed away. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, it was part of Six Degrees. What was his name? Uh, something Cobb. Right, something Cobb. J- Lee J. Cobb. There you go. He passed away before they started filming, and he had been written into the script. Um, and apparently yeah. he had sp- he was like took on a major role in the film like yeah so you're already down two important characters that are not going to be in this yeah. movie the script is going to need some rewrites okay yeah, so they like hurriedly wrote him out of the film um another thing that is just like setting them back is that linda blair one of the things she uh, one of her uh, um caveats of what, like that she signed on to do the film was that she didn't want to be in the makeup again she was like okay i'll do the movie but i'm not going to do the all that demon makeup again because I guess maybe she's trying to be an up-and-coming actress. She doesn't want to be like, you know... uh, She wants people to see her face. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, okay. Um, Yeah, like, I can understand that, I guess. But, um, but, like... So there you go. She can't do that. 
But they got Max von Sydow back. Somehow, even though he, he hated the first movie, he thought it was super negative. He, he bought into all the negative press about that first movie. So he was not into doing a sequel, which was good for him. He shouldn't have done it, but he got drawn in. Apparently, he had like an hours-long discussion with was Borman. He, was he also made an offer he couldn't refuse? I guess so. I don't know. Borman apparently. Oh, you know what it was? You know what it said in the book? Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. Borman sounds like such an asshole. Because cause, uh, uh, um, Max von Sydow, he thought that the uh, the first film had a super negative message. And it was like he didn't want to, he didn't want, he thought that his presence in the first film had already kind of added to this negative message. And he didn't want to keep adding to it. So so Borman argued that, well, if that's your, your thinking, then logically, because my film actually has a positive message at the end so does your film have a message no no well yeah it, it does it has a positive message so 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 if that's your logic then then you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not be in my film because you have to correct i can't believe he bought he that. was like you you you're i can't believe he fucking bought because, that because you uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh you owe it to yourself to 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 do this film to finish the uh the progression you know you know, make it a, make it a positive thing. Anyway, he he agreed to do it, and I'm sure he regretted that for the rest of his life. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so more more about Richard Burton. Well, not really. Just like he didn't want Borman didn't want Burton at all. I don't think, as we kind of yeah. alluded to earlier, he wanted a younger guy. I think it was Warner Bros. that were like, okay, well. Shit's not going well. Like, you have to pick someone, okay? Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Shit's not going amazingly that, well. Yeah. People don't want to be in this film. <laughs> like, we want yeah. Burton. He says he's going to do it. So I think... Or we want Burton. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they they get Burton in there, and they basically got everybody kind of done, I guess. And so... Meanwhile, they've rewritten this script like forty fucking times, yeah. and they're they're ready to start shooting. Yeah, and even according to uh, Linda Blair, they were like, like, tr- like, uh, uh, manically rewriting it on set. And even from the time they started shooting to the time they ended, it was a totally different script. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and there was a second writer brought in, um, whose name I'm totally forgetting about. What was his name? Um. Pallenberg was it? That was his name, yeah, Pallenberg. Yeah. So he came on and did some. He started working really closely with, uh, yeah, with Borman. Um, but yeah, uh, so the the once once they get to filming, their troubles aren't even close to over here. No, there's a like, there's a ridiculous like amount of shit. So like, at what point was it that um fucking Borman caught like some bacterial infection. <laughs> I don't know exactly, but here and was like out out of out for like thirty days. Yeah, well, he was out for a whole month. He caught what was it called? It's called San Joaquin Valley fever, which is like a fungal infection. I didn't I didn't yeah. get to that part in the book, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But, but yeah, surely that could have only helped the movie yeah. by having him not be on set for the long Yeah, so it delayed the movie for, for over a month, basically. 
And mm-hmm. so maybe that's why some things seemed a bit hurried. I think he was a bit concerned that he was not going to make his schedule. Yeah. yeah. And then additionally, something about like the footage got oversaturated, so they needed to like reshoot a bunch of shit. And you can kind of tell because oh, the yeah in some of the yeah. shots that the footage is terrible. Like some shit, just like the the film looks bad. But yeah, they fucked up like filming it somehow. Um, I guess some shots just look fucking they like out of focus. It. Like it just looks like they just didn't have a better shot. <laughs> like it really looks like they also like on top of everything they ran. Yeah, out of time. like I feel like a lot of it was rushed. Like um, and then both Kitty Wynn, who I believe is Sharon. Yeah. And Louise Fletcher both got gallbladder infections. I don't know how they both how that happened, but that also delays shit. And then also apparently yeah. the original editor of the film, who had worked was like a, was a friend of John Borman. He had like uh, he had worked uh, like on the first bit of the film, and then apparently he just disappeared one day. Right. And the book said that he had like an what, what did it say? He said he had an issue with tranquilizers. Um, so did he start taking the tranquilizers before this movie it, or did this, it didn't say, but make, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie drove him to, well, cause he was, <laughs> he was English and apparently he fled because he couldn't handle LA. He was just like, really? He just like, wow. Well, um, I mean, that is, seems like a hectic place, Yeah. but you know, I guess if this is your introduction, you know, this is probably not a good yeah. introduction. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this, yeah. Um, and then yeah, just it. like, again, we're kind of glancing over a bunch of stuff. I didn't read the whole book. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to read the whole fucking book because this movie's not worth it. But what I did read was this hilarious passage that I want you to read now. And then we can, uh, we can, uh, uh just kind of move on from the production because at yeah. this point it's clear that it's kind of a, 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 a disaster. They had a whole fucking thing with the locusts. Like, yeah. Um, there's a whole passage in the book. Like, uh, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I'll read you the choice bits. Yeah, there's here. some choice bits in there. Um, the bugs for the center are a boolea base of Larry's stirred by fans. Dead locusts glued to the sides of cages uh, or loose and stirred by fans. Live locusts, what is less left of them, driven into motion by heat. And some truly hideous new bugs, lubbers, which are black and green non-flying grasshoppers that bite and which make a poofing sound by contracting their abdomens. So, like, uh, I think they, I think they tortured a lot of bugs in this film. In yeah, well, apparently they, uh, they had they, they started with a bunch of live bugs, uh, but they were losing like a hundred bugs a day. They just kept dying. Yeah, yeah. I think they had like two thousand bugs or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But like <laughs> they were like losing like five to ten percent of them every day. Yeah. So the guy in um, charge of the bugs was a guy named Kutcher. It seems. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the guy who, like, is doing this is this guy named Kutcher. Uh, uh, and, and he's um, asked where he gets... He was he was asked uh, where he got the, the you know... Locusts. Uh, where the grasshoppers. Yeah, and, uh, and it says, his eyes furtively dirt around the stage. There is a state uh, agricultural inspector present. You won't believe how we managed to get them. I'm now a bug smuggler. <laughs> but... I can't tell you until th- the, that guy is far away. 
So these are illegally, you know, acquired bugs. Yeah, he gives the story here of how he acquired them. I, I, I assume the reason is you're probably not allowed to bring them into the country because they will fuck up crops. Yeah, probably. Like, that's the reason you don't want actual locusts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's how you get... You know, they're dangerous for, like, plant life for very obvious reasons. Yeah, it's an actual thing. Especially if they're not native to where you brought them. It's a plague for them. a reason. It could be an invasive species. Uh, it's not a good idea. Um... So, like, apparently hours later... Um, when the state Kutcher agricultural found... inspector is gone. Yeah, he says, I came up with the idea that Arizona might be the spot for big grasshoppers. So a station wagon was rented, and four guys went there and collected six or seven hundred grasshoppers in two days. Actually, that's not very many. And then, what do you think those guys? What do you think and, that two-day trip then was like? They were given an all alternate route to come back, just in case they were going to have trouble with inspection station on the main highway. Uh, they tried at a busy time, though. So with a blanket over the bit cage, they got what through without any difficulty but then somehow what they were up to leaked out somebody had called them called sacramento and there's supposedly a net out for them which uh which they didn't know about as they were driving back to la so like what someone someone so there's some illegal bug smuggling so they just sent some guys into the desert to like for two days like these guys must have been fucking yeah like well, probably not the desert, but like, yeah, not like a yeah, not right. a good spot. They sent them out to collect grasshoppers for two days, and then I don't yeah, I don't know. Um, like, I mean, I don't know how you're keeping these. I don't know what you're storing all these grasshoppers in. But then also but the like, weird. Do you think they might have noticed you by by the flock of grasshoppers that are following your car? Yeah, and then like, <laughs> yeah, I like the the idea. Someone had called Sacramento, like. <laughs> who's calling the like police you know who's calling the uh, uh the authorities about these people <laughs> i don't understand yeah i don't know and then finally there's the actual scene about <laughs> with richard burton getting covered with lo- locusts oh is that in the in the house yeah exactly in the in last Washington. yeah in the last scene uh, i should actually say that, that uh, this scene is actually kind of like um i think one of the aspects that i think this movie did well only in the sense that they were actually not allowed to use the original house or the steps yeah exactly they they were denied but access. they recreated them they were denied access but they managed to recreate them and i was convinced they recreated them yeah quite accurately so that kudos to and them. that is the only good part about that scene. yeah that is the only good part about this movie is the recreation yeah. <laughs> of the house was pretty good but yeah, it, uh, apparently the shot of Burton, uh, like where he's in the corner with all the uh, live locusts on his face. Um, <laughs> no like, one was ever quite sure whether he'd do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess just because they're actual fucking locusts. Like, I think that's a interesting thing to ask an actor yeah. to do. Um, but, uh, but he was cooperative. The book was saying that Steve Kutcher and a few others stand behind the camera and hurled dead locusts <laughs> at the wall behind him. Kutcher has gone ahead and injected the abdomens with quote-unquote blood oh my God. so they will burst open on impact and splatter the wall. Jesus Christ. Once again, 
Borman sees the shot in the da- in the dailies and knows he must reshoot <laughs> it. He says, no film of mine will ever have a shot in it like that. There are not enough shadows of flying locusts on Burton's face or on the wall behind him. Shadows made by Larry's stirred fans in a revolving plexiglass drum. And the bugs didn't splat after that, so they will be shot from a gun. <laughs> anyway, Bert, uh, fucking Borman, like, I don't know how you can be so fucking picky. I, after seeing the rest of those dailies, I don't know how he can be considered, yeah. like... Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's clear, like, this... Uh, I don't know. This, this like, Borman fucked this movie up so badly. Yeah. And, like, I think the main quote that, like, you know, really, like, sells it for me is, like, him talking about why he wanted to do the movie in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, the idea to make a metaphysical thriller... Ugh. Metaphysical thriller. Metaphysical <laughs> thriller. Greatly appealed to my psyche. Um, <laughs> God, I hate that line. He says, Every film has to struggle to find a connection with its audience. Here, I saw the chance to make an extremely ambitious film without having to spend the time developing this connection. No! I, I could make assumptions and then take the audience on a very adventurous cinematic journey. You failed, Borman. <laughs> no, you can't, like... You can't just... Why do you think that? That is not how you make a movie. Why do you think you don't have to try to do that? Yeah. I feel like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this movie does fail to make a connection with its audience. Yeah, and because, again... I didn't feel connected. I felt very confused. Yeah, and the reason clearly for that is because he didn't try to <laughs> make you feel connected. He doesn't give a fuck. So, yeah, I think, again, that's that's why we can lay it all at his feet is because... He clearly yeah. doesn't care about details of this film yeah. that might have actually made it better. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's stop talking about this film for a a nice, glorious minute. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and we're going to talk about something else. One second. <laughs> what are we going to talk about now? Something better, I hope, than this. Oh, thank God. Right, welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. It's the uh, time where we find the connections between this thing and Star yeah, Trek. Is the first connection the office, the like psychiatrist's <laughs> office? Oh no, uh, but you're actually close. <laughs> okay. Because it's Louise Fletcher. Oh, oh yeah, right. Um, yeah, you should know this. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Uh, did I did I explain the segment? No, no, go ahead, go ahead and Yeah, anyway, uh, it's, uh, this is where we find a connection between this thing and Star Trek, and, you know, uh, like a one degree connection is like, uh, direct connection, uh, means somebody in this movie has been in Star Trek, and, uh, you know, so on and so on. Two-step is, you've been in this movie with somebody who's been in Star Trek, and it continues. And it's so on down the line. Yeah, so, Louise Fletcher has been in many episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yes, indeed. Because she plays Kai Wen, who is a very sketchy character. <laughs> sketchy, sketchy how so? Um, like, 
uh, I don't know. She's just like Machiavellian. You know what I mean? Like she basically, uh, she's like this sort of Bajoran, like, um, fucking holy person, I guess. Yeah. Not holy. Maybe like, like, you know, like a clergy person. Yeah. But like, um, but she, uh, she's like always trying to like take over the government. Always conniving. Yeah, she's always conniving. And like, actually, I that's another thing. I think that like, you know, I'm sorry to typecast her in this, but you know, in this movie, I found it hard to like not find her conniving. Yeah, cause like, or like, you know, be the good guy. Yeah, not be Nurse Ratchet. Because like. Not be Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Kyle Wynn, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, le- actually, how many episodes was this one? Fourteen episodes of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. That's a that's a solid arc. Yeah, exactly. I think pretty much every season. Yeah, but yeah, pretty good connection right there. Direct connection. Fuck yeah, that's a solid connection right there. So, what do we have next? Um. Are you sure it's not the sliding door from the from the psychiatrist's office? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, wait, I fucked up here. Wait, I need to remember who is who. Um, sorry, I know who the connection to Star Trek is, but I can't remember who's from this movie. This movie <laughs> <laughs> who leads you there in the first place? Yeah, um... Oh, it's Richard fucking Burton. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, so Richard Burton was in the film Wild Geese 2. Okay. I'm... In 1985, despite being dead. Despite being dead at the time, yeah. So it... <laughs> Yeah, despite being dead at the time. He was in a film. <laughs> he appeared I... in the film Wild Geese 2 via archive footage, presumably from Wild Geese 1. I don't know. Um, I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen either of those movies, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, uh, and also in this film is one Patrick Stewart. Oh, in Wild Geese, not in The Exorcist 2. No, in Wild Geese 2. In Wild Geese 2, yeah, right. One Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Well, we all know where this is going, then. Patrick Stewart is Captain Picard. The um, captain. The captain of the Enterprise D in almost every episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Almost. So there we go. Almost. And the final connection I have is through James Earl Jones. Oh, fuck yeah. Really? Is it through Star Wars? No, no, it's not. It's not through Star Wars. It's through Quantum Quest, a Cassini space odyssey. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, It's a 2010 animated educational science fiction adventure film. Sounds kind of compelling. And it also also contains one William Shatner. Oh, yeah. Wow, you got two captains from this in this one. Yeah, as the core. I don't know. I don't know anything about this movie. It's. It seems like it's some CGI. It must movie. be like the like the computer <laughs> core, you know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Fuck yeah! There you go. Uh, that's uh, that's that. Now we'll go back to this fucking shit sandwich. Well, just for a moment, well, just to close things off, you know, because this movie's so bad, and we're not the only ones to observe that. Obviously, um, 
this movie was I think it's been called it's like notable as being you know what does it say here uh, a, a critical failure at the time of its release Exorcist 2 is often considered one of the worst films ever made yeah okay actually can we can we can we stick on that point for a minute here yeah okay like I think that we need to kind of talk about like what it means to be a bad movie you know yeah because well, like I think there's some level of enjoyment yeah, like, you know, we I think there's some level of enjoyment a lot of times from watching a bad movie. So, like, you might be tempted to watch this. Because, like, you know, something like The Room, that's like a work of art in how bad it is. You know yeah, what I mean? no, there's... there's And it's 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 an enjo- it's enjoyable there's that f- to, to, to see the fine, like, details of, like, every bizarre decision they made. But, but this is not that. There's fun bad... This is just terrible. Like... I derived no enjoyment from this movie. Like, the most enjoyment I derived from this movie was when it was over. Exactly. There's fun bad and there's tedious bad. This was, without a doubt, full tedious bad 100% the way the whole way through. There was at no point when so I was... So it's like, normally normally we tell you to, like, watch the movie. You don't like, watch this movie. Don't watch... Like, like, do yourself a fucking favor. Yeah, like, the whole time this movie bother. was playing, like... I was wishing it would end. I was like, oh, God, I need this out for it to end. Like, I just couldn't wait for it to be over. The whole time, I considered watching it on double double speed. Like I considered speeding it up to get yeah, through it. But no, you had to do it. You had to do it for the audience. No, yeah. So you don't have so to. So you don't have to. Um, don't watch this movie. Um, don't. So like, let's um, see. What are some of the? It's, it's not fun. Bad. It's like okay. Like okay. Name me one movie you think is worse than this. One movie that is worse than this. Like I genuinely can't think. The only one I can think of is Birdemic. Oh yeah, well Birdemic is. <laughs> probably worse than this, but that's but, like but, <laughs> like the only like maybe there's some 50s like the room is like films. close yeah like plan nine or something yeah but yeah. like even plan nine is like you know has enjoyable it's like almost part, fun parts, yeah you know it's I mean? almost it's like, fun yeah it's like um, <laughs> this movie is not enjoyable in any way this might be the worst movie i've ever seen it's like it's it's birdemic is worse than this yeah i suppose but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. God. But this Birdemic didn't cost $14 million. That's true. So I think, <laughs> I think there's that to consider. Yeah, Birdemic is like a fucking ragtag operation at least. Like it has like that like going like yeah the expectations are lower. It right? had no, yeah, Birdemic was, had no business being good. Yeah, this movie, like... the first film, was an Oscar-nominated film. <laughs> it was an it was yeah. a really good film, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, but like, you can put my quote there on the back of the DVD. It's better than Birdemic. Yeah. So here, let's let me just read, <laughs> um, what Freakin says here. Oh no! This is the best. Let me read this. Okay. Well, this is <laughs> this, this is, is how we're gonna close. This the is my episode. favorite quote. Here, let me. On... Uh, so, like, Friedkin, uh, you know, at the beginning of this, he was, like, he was, can, like, asked, like, do you want to do a sequel? And he was, like... No, yeah, yeah as we mentioned, yeah, I no, no, want nothing to do with it. Um, but, like, apparently, um, he was just at Technicolor, uh, I guess, getting a print of a film done. Yeah, doing whatever. Uh, for whatever reason, and uh, so uh, one of the guys there said, "Hey, uh, do you want to watch The Exorcist 2? I uh, I have a print of it. Yeah, do you want to take a look?" 
do you want to take a look? And uh, he says, no, actually, he, he says this. He says, I was at Technicolor, and a guy said, we've just finished a print of The Exorcist 2. Do you want to have a look at it? <laughs> and I looked at a half hour, and I thought it was as bad as seeing a traffic accident in the street. <laughs> It was horrible. It was a stupid mess made by a dumb guy, <laughs> John Borman by name. The worst piece of crap. Oh, wait, wait. John Borman by name. Somebody who should remain nameless. But in this case, he should be named. Scurrilous. A terrible picture. A horrible picture. <laughs> he says, this is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. A freaking disaster. And finally ends with, the film was made by a demented mind. There it is. That's, the film was made by a demented mind. That's why we've been the saying best. that over and over again. It's like, that's an apt description. It's like, who the fuck put this together? Yeah, who put this together and, and a lot, like thought it was a film? Like, honestly. No, like, he's truly, like, no sane person could have really made this movie yeah, uh, no and it, like and like no same person would have finished I think, this movie yeah no like uh and i i love i love like sort of uh like you know putting this up against uh john borman's explanation of like because john borman obviously realizes this movie's not good oh yeah he knows but he will do anything but he like i think he figured that out pretty quickly admit it. after the movie came out yeah and so he admits, like, however, I love putting up against um, Freakin's, like, <laughs> tirade. Yeah. Because he didn't even watch the whole movie. Like, he reminds Freakin only saw the first half hour, yeah. which is enough, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think in any movie, like, if your first hour is, first half hour is that bad, there's no coming back. Well, the first half hour has the, has the fucking synchronizer in it. That's enough. <laughs> Honestly, the synchronizer. As enough. soon as the synchronizer shows up, this movie's over. But that's, yeah, I that's, mean, it was over before that. I think but that's like, what I said earlier. Is the synchronizer is enough to sync this movie alone? But like, this is this is what proves his like dementia. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> it Borman says, like he admits that it was bad, <laughs> but he says the sin I committed was not giving the audience what it wanted in terms of horror. There's a wild beast out there, which is the audience. I created this arena, and I just didn't throw enough Christians into it. Wow, he's fucking bl- like he blames the audience. Basically, it's like, are you? Well, no, no, no. He blames he blames it not only just on the audience expectation, but it's like, but also that he thinks like it would have been better if there was more horror in it, and that was the problem. I mean, I guess it would have been a bit better. It would be better if it made any fucking sense at all, it, okay? Like, it would be better if it had any sense of coherency and wasn't just, like, a fucking, like... It could have been considered... Bizarre. Yeah, it could have been considered more compelling if there was more horror in it because it would have been more fun but to watch. But no, that wouldn't have fixed it. That yeah, is, but then like... it would have been more fun to watch at least, though, right? Like, yeah, the best scene in this movie like, is actually, when some Richard the... Burton's foot gets impaled. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Although, there's also the scene in the beginning where the woman, fought, like, Oh, well, that was horrible. Far. That was not good special yeah. effects. <laughs> but, I mean, that could have been, like, if the whole movie was like that. Uh, <laughs> like, that could have been, like, stupid. You know what I mean? Stupid fun. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So, because like the effect was so bad, like it was so bad. So he he, he missed the fucking. But point. like he missed. He so completely misses the point uh, of why it's so fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, and it's like he doesn't want to admit that he came up with a horribly stupid idea and committed to it. No, I mean so he doesn't even like. Like I mean, that is the crux of the issue. But like, he doesn't even talk about like, oh, you know. We could have had like a more like cohesive. We could have flushed out like, the backstory. Vision, you know what I mean? Yeah, we could have flushed out the backstory. We could have had like a more cohesive vision, which is like a thing that I guess somebody in his like mind space might say. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that was the problem that it didn't have a cohesive vision. You no, know? no, no. Which you know that's reasonable, maybe. Like that that that's the problem, but like. Maybe the problem with this movie is that it was just fucking dumb. Yeah, the problem with this movie is not that there wasn't enough horror. The problem is that it makes no fucking sense and it's awful. So let's see. What are some, let's see. Uh, 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 um, BBC film critic Mark Kermode stated, Exorcist 2 is demonstrably the worst film ever made. It took the greatest film ever made and trashed it in a way that was on, on one level farcically stupid and on another level absolutely unforgivable. Everyone involved in this, apart from Linda Blair, should be ashamed for all eternity. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, and then Vincent Canby of the New York Times said, given the huge box office success of the uh, the original production of The Exorcist, there had to be a sequel. But did it have to be this desperate concoction? The main thrust of which is that the original exorcism wasn't all it was cracked up to be. It's the It's one thing to carry a story further along but it's another to deny the original, no matter what you thought of it. I thought it was something even less than good. But this new film, yeah. which opened yesterday at the uh, Criterion and other theaters, is of such spectacular, or what does that say, fatuitousness, that it makes the first seem virtually an axiom of screen art. Yeah, okay, like... Although, like, I think, like, a lot of people, like, reviewing this aren't really getting to the heart of it. Like, everybody keeps saying, like, oh, you know, this is such an insult to the original movie. Or, like, you know, this is, like, um, you know, uh, you were this getting is, to this, that like, earlier, this, though, this, 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 this doesn't, like, live up to the original. This is a bad sequel. But, like, like, just, okay, you know how they teach you in, like, you know, like, at the earliest level of, of literature literary education you know like a story has to have a beginning middle and end <laughs> exactly yeah this movie just is it has none of those <laughs> not one of those does it have it's all middle it's all middle <laughs> it's a no 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 it's it's you know what it is this movie is is a mobius strip <laughs> It's 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 circular, but it's twisted. It's circular, but it's <laughs> cursed. This movie's cursed. I told you this. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, this movie could only have been directed by Satan himself. <laughs> it's a demented mind. <laughs> or Pazuzu. Or Pazuzu, Pazuzu directed this movie. That's the only thing that makes sense, honestly. This movie so... needs to be exercised. Like if this movie, if you own 
the VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, etc. exercise this movie from your collection. Yeah, it was hilariously difficult to find it even. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, um, let's. we need to stop talking about this movie. Let's fucking end this episode. Let's end this fu- and never think about this terrible movie again. Let's end this <laughs> well, episode. Yeah, God. We're coming well, no, back next week, no, no, though, yeah, with we're more back, Exorcist. We're, we're back next no week. no way this movie's not getting mentioned again. No, yeah, I think, and I think the general consensus is that the uh, the the third Exorcist is is by is better than this movie. Yeah, so like, hopefully next week we'll get some redemption. That's what from I'm the hoping Exorcist for. Series. That's what oh, I'm hoping God, for. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah, because right but now like, it's not looking good. Because I went in knowing this movie was going to be bad, but I didn't expect it to be like this. I didn't I really expect didn't. it to be this bad. I really no. didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize like that a movie that you know had so many good pieces could be so confounding could could be so confoundingly terrible you know what yeah. i mean like you don't want to see it but it's the emotion that it brings up is just so profound and like negative yeah. so i i would like to end this um <laughs> okay i'd like to end this uh yeah final thoughts aren't really necessary on this episode no no i i just want to sum it up I will be uh, putting out a warrant for the arrest of John Borman on crimes against cinema. Yeah. And he I, belongs in movie jail. He, I don't know what movie Just like J.J. Like. Abrams. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, those two, these two men are, 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 the, are, the, are the two, they can share the one cell in fucking... In movie prison. In movie prison, because they deserve each other in movie jail. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, we're back next week with more Halloween content. But, yeah, one more exorcist. Let's hope it... Let's hope it... Uh, let's hope it redeems it. Yeah, or yeah. redeems something. Redeems the series. I just want to enjoy watching the movie, man. Yeah. Okay, shout out to all the people in the province of Alberta for listening to our episode. Thank you, Albertans. Thank you. All right. Peace out.